Welcome to Talking Supply Chain. In each episode, you'll hear from the authors that make supply chain management review such a special publication. This podcast is hosted by Bob Troublecock, Editorial Director of Supply Chain Management Review. Remember that Bob welcomes your comments now to today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of Talking Supply Chain, Diversity and Inclusion in the Supply Chain. I'm Bob Troublecock, and joining me today are Christian Dow and Katie Richards. Christian is the Executive Vice President of Membership and Industry Leadership at MHI, and Katie is Membership Manager at Mejita. Now, if you're not familiar with them, MHI is the membership association representing material handling industry in North America, and Mejita represents material handling equipment distributors. Christian, Katie, welcome. Thanks, Bob. Great to be here. Thanks for having us, Bob. We're really looking forward to this uh, conversation. So a few months ago, I interviewed an executive at one of the country's largest manufacturers of appliances. One of the things she told me is that when they looked at their engineering department, that's a pretty important department for a manufacturer, a majority of the group was within a decade of retirement, maybe less in some instances, and that most of those older engineers were also white and male. The question they're asking and trying to address is not just how to bring on and engage the next generation of manufacturing engineers, but where to find them. What are they going to look like? And the consensus was that the next generation of engineers probably isn't going to look like the retiring generation. They're going to have to figure out how to reach out to those communities. I had a similar conversation with the chief supply chain officer of a global distributor of alcoholic beverages. Now, he's expanding the lens he uses to recruit and hire for his team. Part of it is that his market is changing. He was saying that he needs to have people who are more accustomed to uh, facing the customer than typically, you know, just trying to get things out the door at the lowest price. But he also said that he recognizes that, as he put it, his team needs to reflect the customers he serves. And that hasn't always been the case. He added that there have been some hard conversations because not everyone is comfortable with these kind of transitions. So supply chain, like the country, is confronting diversity, equity and inclusion, or DE&I. To that end, Peerless Media, in partnership with MHI Mejida and Work, which is another MHI organization, just completed our first survey looking at diversity in the industry. And you'll be able to read that on MMH.com, the website for the Modern Materials Handling Magazine. It'll be in the October issue. That's what we're going to talk about today. First question, and I'm going to throw this out there to both of you, starting with Katie and then Christian. Put aside the results for a moment. Why do you think it was important for our organizations to get together to do this survey? Katie, you go ahead and start. Thanks, Bob. Um, Now, the survey is important to do because diversity is something that we have all heard for a long time. And until we measure it and make time for conversations really about the lack of diversity in our industry, you know, then we won't be motivated to start looking at things differently. And, um, you know, it's important to look at what's diversity in 2021. I think for a lot of people, whether you're a person of color or you're a white male, there's sensitivity that arises when we talk about diversity. So let's 
have an opportunity to talk about it, hence the survey. Let's, you know, get uncomfortable at times and then we can progress as an industry. Kristen, you want to weigh in? Sure. Um, you know, it was, this, this has been a very important uh, topic for our roundtable in the past few years. And then uh, really last year I joined MHI in the beginning of 2020 and, uh, and, and one of the first things I was able to do is, is sit in with a round table and heard how important this was mid last year. We, we put together an advisory committee to help lead us through, um, a lot of these topics. So a diversity, equity, and inclusion advisory committee. And the first thing they asked us to do was to really get us a baseline of where are we? How do we make goals? How do we understand where we want to go if we don't really understand truly where we are? And so MHI started with our membership survey uh, and, and looked a little bit internal to our members and said, what do what your organizations look like? Um, this was the second part, which was a major part because it's not only looking at uh, companies that might be members of MHI, Mahida. Uh, work and things like that, but also looking at the larger audience, you know, the uh, the practitioners and and the audience of of modern material handling. Um, and then third, we're looking at at doing it, uh, you know, adding uh, some demographic information or questions into our annual industry report moving forward. And I think, but this one really, um, this is our first uh, large survey, large scale, uh, kind of look at the industry of what, what is the industry and where, where are we and where do we, what are we starting? Uh, what's our starting point so that we know how to move forward? Yeah, you know, before the next question, um, a, a couple of thoughts in that one, um, Katie mentioned, um, or, and I think Katie, your phrase was, you know, um, uncomfortable conversations and, there was a period of uh, eight or nine years where uh, I wrote for Diversity Inc. magazine. Uh, now, our you know our audience can't see me, Katie, or Christian, but hey, my picture's in the magazine, and I'm the proverbial older white guy, right? And it it was uncomfortable to me as a reporter and editor doing interviews with uh, with people of color, particularly. Because of the questions I would have to ask and, and wondering, am I asking the right question? Am I asking it the right way? Am I using the right phraseology? Uh, I got over that and, you know, and, and after a while realized I just had a job to do. They had a job to do um, and everything was fine. But I sure understood that discomfort because personally, you know, I experienced it trying to have those conversations. And, and the second was the, you know, the realization for us at Modern is um, somebody made a point to us that uh, everybody on our color, you know, was a, a middle-aged older white guy on our on our uh, on the cover of the magazine. And my first reaction was to go back and look at because I write the cover stories to go back and run, you know, uh, look at the stories that we'd run in the last year or two. And the the criticism was accurate, not entirely accurate. We've run women. We've run. Um, both men and women of color, but they're correct that, you know, um, middle-aged and older uh, white guys predominate on the cover. But the other thing it makes you realize is that when I do a story with a company, I'm saying to the company, you know, who's your supply chain leader and who should I interview? It's the company that determines 
you know, who I interview and put on the cover. And that's kind of who predominates in the industry at a certain level, you know, as we sit today. And, uh, but when we started looking at our covers, again, we, we have no control over, right? Um, you, you realize what the industry looks like. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. those were, those were two observations, um, you know, both for my personal life, but also my uh, professional life. So again, to both of you, Absolutely. and maybe we'll start with Christian, uh, this one, how do you summarize the findings? What's your takeaway? And was there anything that surprised you about the findings? You know, I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of similarities in the, in the two surveys that we've completed so far. Um, I think that there were a few things that surprised me in, um, you know, just in how the companies, uh, you know, the companies that that uh, uh, the surveyed audience identified as as having a program or not having a program, and then whether or not uh, their customers were asking them if if they have if they're if they're starting initiatives or not. And, and things like that, and it, um, it it just it kind of surprised me how how many didn't have a program and and weren't starting on something. And I think I think it goes to a little bit of of where do we start, what do we do, kind of a thing. Um, and so that 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 part was very interesting. The other thing that was interesting is um, the you know I I expected there to be um, you know a, a a disparity in, you know, male, female, and, um, and then, uh, white and, and, uh, you know, in the races as well. Um, but I didn't expect that the, the, the overall organization and the leadership would have, you know, especially for, uh, for, for black and Hispanic, um, employees to, to be such a disparity, you know, that there was such differences between the makeup of the organization and those levels that, and, and not, uh, not have that reflected in, in leadership positions, I guess. And I, and maybe that's just, uh, you know, I, I guess maybe I should have expected that, but I just, um, it, it, when I read it first, that was kind of the thing that stuck out to me. So for, for the audience, um, cause we don't have the survey up, uh, when we looked at leadership, and I don't have the survey in front of me, so Christian, correct me if I'm way off, but my memory is when we looked at leadership, um, about 65% uh, was white and male. Does that sound about right to you? Yes. Yeah. It, it was in that it was in that mid to high 60s, where when we looked at the overall organization, the overall organization, meaning everybody that worked, you know, within the companies, the overall organizations were actually pretty reflective of the 2020 census report uh, for the country as a whole. So when you looked at everybody working, you know, from the from the line up to, you know, from the from the shop floor to the top floor, so to speak, um, organizations pretty much represented the country. It was when we looked at leadership that we saw a pretty significant. Um, difference between, you know, the population overall um, and the, the population leading the industry. Does that yeah, does that it, track with the way you recall it too? Yeah, and and so I, I pulled it up, and and so the white, uh, so white organiz, you know, uh, 
representation in the organization is about 50%. Uh, right. But in leaderships, it's 65%. And so that there's a big, um, obviously big delta there, but then it's, it's kind of reversed for both black and Latinx, you know, Latin Americans. Right. Yeah. Uh, and one other question before I go to Katie on that, you mentioned the second survey uh, and I, I tell me a little bit about the other survey that you've done, which was, I think, within the organization, wasn't it? Or within the association? Yeah. So we do our annual membership survey. And so it, it um, we, we survey our membership and then also uh, organizations that are qualified for membership and just kind of get, you know, get um, a lot of awareness on different products and services that MHI offers and things. And I, and so um, that was just really to help, you know, it was helpful this year to be able to uh, just with the timing of it and everything, we were able to um, put in some demographic information to give us some baseline on who's participating in, you know, in our industry groups, in our, um, you know, who's coming to us for, our thought leadership, our education, market intelligence, all the products and services that MHI uh, offers. And so, um, but I, I believe the, sim- the results were very similar. Uh, Katie, uh, tell us a little bit about your impression of the uh, findings. Yeah. Um, so, you know, demographically speaking, the survey results really didn't surprise me there. Um, you know, we, we've been talking about the diversity or, um, you know, mostly being white male for, for so long. So that wasn't too surprising. But um, what I found interesting was now this was in 2020 and, you know, right when COVID began and Mahita was having board meetings um, weekly with the board virtually um, just, you know, to understand what's going on in everybody's world. And one thing that kept coming up um, again and again was that they had new customers and existing customers asking, you know, what is your commitment to diversity, um, equity, inclusion, and more than just a policy, you know, asking even about their demographics, which I thought was really interesting and, and not something I would really um, expect yet in our industry. But what I thought was really cool, um, even though, you know, hey, here's what's going on in our industry, it's it's not very diverse. What I, what I did think was cool was that, even though at this point there's some work to do, it looks like a lot of people find it to be important. And then where there was a bit of a a difference was that when it comes to recruiting and making diversity um, an initiative for recruiting, that that, there was a pretty big gap there. And that wasn't what a lot of companies were doing. But it looks like if we could provide the tools and if we could provide the resources or give examples of how to drive more diversity when recruiting or in more aspects of your business, it looks like the want is there and that people find it important. So those that deem DEI important will if we give them those resources. Um, but yeah, in general, I would say those the demographics, not so surprising, but it did give me hope to see, oh, well, if we can provide these resources, it looks like there's a solid amount of members or just industry that's going to act on it. Uh, so Katie, the talking about the board meetings and some of the things that came up there, I think is a great segue. Uh, if any, what questions are your members asking? So our members are asking specifically from Mahita, 
um, what are businesses that we can work with? So, you know, what are recruiting companies that focus on um, you know, underrepresented areas or focus on recruiting minorities and diverse candidates. And, you know, Mahitas has education that we can provide. Um, but what I think, or sorry, has businesses that we can provide. What I think is the most important thing right now is how do we all educate ourselves to what diversity means today? And um, that's, you know, I would say some members are asking for, hey, how do we how do we get to the final result? You know, how do we fix this? Um, But what I I think we should even focus on is how do we figure out what this even means before saying, hey, here's how we fix it. And so we've had a lot of members get involved with, um, it's actually a company called Jennifer Brown Consulting. And I I recently just sat in on a workshop, which was so eye-opening. And if I could do it once a week, it was two and a half hours. But if I could do it once a week, I mean, I don't know if I can, but it was it was so great. And um, it talks about like, I mean, it, it, it defines diversity in a way that I, I wasn't. And so what I think is cool is that members are seeking out that information and education. And so if we could, you know, as a community, give them that to them, that's where Mahita's goal is right now, is how do we educate? And then, you know, down the line, provide businesses and, and recommendations, but, you know, educate the industry as a whole. Uh, and before we, before we go to uh, Christian on that same question, what do you think is driving those questions? What do you think is driving the interest amongst uh, your members? Well, you know, speaking personally, I think it's it's in our face now. I mean, I, I look at, at a lot of this as this has to come from a, a personal standpoint first, and then we can look at how we work in this work at this in our businesses, but. You know, we have customers that are asking our members, hey, what are you doing? And I'm sure some are like, you know, I don't know, but help us. And um, furthermore, I think personally, we're seeing it, we're seeing in the news and on social media that this is existed for so long, but only now are we really looking deeper into why does this exist and trying to piece this together. So, um, you know, it, it, I would say from a personal standpoint, that's why. And of course, you have businesses out there that are saying it's a must now. So Christian, similar within uh, MHI, you talked a, a little bit about how some of this bubbled up, uh, you know, from the from leadership. So what are the questions that, you know, either leadership or members are asking and, and why now? What do you think is driving those questions? Yeah, I, I definitely think, uh, you know, the why now part is, um, just probably, you know, it probably took us, um, you know, really beginning of last year, uh, me starting in it, and it probably just took somebody sticking up their hand and saying, let's, let's do something, let's get something done and, and, and things. Cause it's, you know, as Katie knows, and, and, you know, we're very similar organizations. We have very few resources to do a lot of big things and, uh, in these industry associations, and, uh, you know, and it's very common that if you raise your hand, it's your project, it's your thing. And, um, and for me coming in and hearing the, the, the leadership, uh, and, and actually I came off the round table in 2019 as well. So I was on the, I was as a member on the, on the round table and then joined MHI, the MHI team in the beginning of 2020. And so hearing, um, this, the, the interest and passion, and then just going, I'll take it. 
I'll run with it, you know, and, and really just wanting to, um, uh, to see what we can do and, and really, you know, what, what we tend to do. And I, I know that Mahita is very similar is we try to listen to our members and try to, um, and let them lead us and let them guide us and, and give them opportunities. And I think that's what needed to happen was we, um, we needed to pull together our, uh, you know, a, an advisory committee to say, Hey, here's where we're missing the mark. Here's where we can make a difference. Here's what we want to do. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and take their interest and their direction and, and, uh, you know, and, and go. And I think the, the questions that we're getting from our membership are how can I get involved? How can I support you on this? You know, and, and, uh, what can we do as an organization? And so really providing that guidance, those tools, um, you know, the resources, you know, anything that we can do as an association and leverage, you know, what, what some of our organizations are, you know, our members are way ahead and some of the other ones are just starting on the journey or about to start or really interested in starting. And so they, you know, really kind of leveraging the knowledge that's out there and connecting them and, 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 uh, and sharing their practices and, um, you know, and things like that. Um, Kristen, I'll stick with you on this one since uh, you just finished up. It's it's kind of related, and then I'll go to Katie. Within the organization, so for instance, um, I haven't been to the Mahita website, but on the MHI website, I, uh, I started noticing uh, DE&I content. Uh, talk a little about uh, some of the initiatives you're either exploring or launching, you know, either with uh, HBCUs or some of the other things you're doing at MHI. Yeah, so there's there's a there's a few different things that that the the advisory committee um, really felt passionate about when and that was one is is highlighting people that are in the industry who are either people of color or women in industry things like that and and uh, the example given uh, that we started with was women in manufacturing do this thing called hear her story. And so we wanted to really give, um, you know, highlight and spotlight, uh, you know, people of, you know, diverse people in, in different things that they're doing within material handling in the supply chain. Um, and so that was, that was kind of a big part of the initial, uh, the second part was obviously doing the, you know, coming up with the baseline of, of where we're starting, um, you'll see on the website that that actually on on MHI's website and then also on, on MHI Solutions Magazine, uh, there's also uh, 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 spots on there now where we're capturing a lot of the articles, content, you know, webinars and tools like that that we're that we're that we've been creating, and really just trying to create um, thought leadership to help people get started on the on this path and and uh, know what to do and where to go and 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 really highlight uh, what other members are doing in the space um, with um, you know, the, both the committee and the board requested or kind of asked us to go out, uh, and talk to HBCUs. And so we've started with uh, North Carolina, A&T state university and, and started to um, figure out ways that we can start partnering with them uh, and and then we also reached out to Northern Illinois University, uh, Dr. Mathswamy. Uh, she's on our uh, College Industry Council for Material Handling Education. She's our vice president of that group. So it's a, a, a group of universities. And so she's connected us with um, 
a, a few of the chapters at NIU for NSBE, which is the National Society for Black Engineers, uh, HSPE, the Hispanic Society for Professional Engineers, and the SWE, which is Society for Women Engineers. And we're going to start creating content and and really engaging students uh, directly and and kind of giving a why why um, you need to pay attention to the material handling industry. What a day in the life of in in these cases because these are engineering uh, programs, uh, you know, in, in societies is what a day in the life of an engineer looks like in our industry, and then really leveraging our members to say, hey, here are the opportunities for internships for job, you know, jobs right out of school, entry level jobs for engineers, uh, other opportunities that there might be for um, to participate and get involved in things, and so. Um, so we're really working on on trying trying to uh, work on that recruitment of um, you know from from different sources than we than I think traditionally have been uh, looked at. Katie, um, are there uh, initiatives uh, that you're going to launch or have launched at Mejita or resources that you're creating for uh, your members? Yeah, so um, we're looking at this as uh, it's kind of a two-prong approach. And, um, you know, a lot of people come to Mahita for education. And right now, there's that big, kind of to my point earlier, there's that, that big question about, you know, why are we in this situation? Why is there such a lack of diversity? And to really educate ourselves on what it means, um, you know, um, like how I was saying earlier, I they think there's sometimes a, a knee-jerk reaction to say, well, oh no, this is wrong and, and we need to fix this right now before really looking at the pieces of what does this mean and why is it important? And so I would say right now, Mahita's um, focusing on, we work with Kelly McDonald, who um, is a DEI expert known for selling to people not like you. On our website, we have her um, full series available that goes through um, more on the selling side of, you know, how can you relate to people that either don't look like you, but beyond that, maybe it's something you can't see. I mean, we're all so different. So um, that, that with Kelly McDonald, that's one side. And then back to Jennifer Brown Consulting, I cannot say enough good things about Jennifer Brown Consulting. Um, and they have these community calls every Thursday. And then they also do a workshop that um, it's actually through Toyota Commercial Finance. And they have really, really educated not just Mahita staff who's um, committed to doing these workshops, but a lot of different members. So um, I actually I was on their website and you can sign up for their community calls. Anybody can. And I mean, they break it down to say you know, what is diversity today and, and what does that mean and why should it be important? And then, you know, tips about even um, here's what a microaggression looks like and here's steps on how to combat that. And I mean, it, it's so it's really, really great content. So there's that one side. And then, you know, to Christian's point and Mahita would love to get more involved with, you know, MHI's initiative on that side, because it sounds like you guys are doing a, a lot of really great um, initiative there. But working with um, recruit recruiting companies that specifically recruit in underrepresented areas, uh, we have some board that are very passionate about that. So really looking at those companies and connecting what connecting them with other members has been the other side of it. Um, but Mahita would love to work even closer with MHI on some of that, because that sounds like you guys have really, um, really taken a hard look at, you know, 
how, what is the actionable step out of all of this? Uh, last question. And Katie, I'll go to you since uh, you just finished up and then we'll finish up with Christian. So a member comes to you and says, where do we start? You know, that's always the hardest part when you're going to launch something. Any advice or what, you know, what would you, what would you tell them about how to launch one of these initiatives? What I would say is to look at it on a personal standpoint, to talk about it, to, you know, be about it, to educate yourself and to make it, um, more involved with how you look at things personally. Um, and, and I say that because, you know, we always drive things in our organization. And when there's a, a passion for it, when somebody feels deeply connected to something, those are the programs that really take off. And, and this is something that, you know, cannot just um, be a trend one year and, and not the next. It has to be a forever journey here. So I would say if there's any way to look at resources to educate yourself and you could even, you know, documentaries on Netflix even, um, or some of the people I had just mentioned there, any way that you can make yourself part of the conversation. And then, you know, to your point earlier, Bob, get a little uncomfortable and, and be willing to be part of those conversations so that you can fumble out loud and learn, Hey, maybe, maybe, I see how that comment looked, or even if your intent is great, you know, I, I think that's kind of the, the part that myself for sure included, we all have to get used to being open with um, looking at things differently and maybe realizing that our intent doesn't always match, you know, the impact of what we say and how we do. So I would say that. Christian, where do we start? Yeah, I, I like where Katie was going. Um, and, and, and I think that one of the things that, that members need to look at is the communities that they're in and the communities they're serving and, and, and also, you know, kind of look, look within their own organization and see where do they, where do they want to improve? Where do they want, you know, where do they see opportunities? Um, you know, because when we have this conversation around diversity, it's not, you know, immediately, I think when you talk about it, the, your mind goes to, you know, the race uh, discussion, but there's, you know, persons with disabilities, there's, you know, gender, there's, um, you know, there's a lot of different elements to diversity and there's a lot of different opportunities to, uh, to go and look at. I mean, so we're looking at, you know, we certainly are looking at uh, the different, um, societies and, and the HBCUs and things like that to, to really ad address the, um, the, you know, the, um, the race side of diversity. But I think that, you know, within your organization, you can look at different, different things and, and look at your community and, and figure out ways to, uh, you know, that, that diversity might mean different things to you. Um, and then, you know, we, we really want to work with, our members. So come and communicate with us, help us, you know, join us, you know, be part of our conversations, um, help us in our initiatives. You know, we want our members to uh, volunteer to speak to students and, and try to attract more talent to our industry and things like that. So we're, we're trying to create actionable steps that our members can take and participate with us. And, and so far we've, we've gotten a great response from, um, members who have reached out and said, I want to be a part of this. So great. Well, thank you. Uh, 
that's all the time we have for uh, today. Uh, to me, this was a great conversation, and uh, I was really thrilled that we could do this survey with MHI and Mahita and work. Um, I want to thank Christian Dow and Katie Richards for joining me today. And remember that you can read the results of the first diversity and inclusion industry survey on MMH.com. Uh, that's the website for Modern Materials Handling, uh, my sister publication. And I hope you'll be back for our next episode. Until then, for Supply Chain Management Review and Talking Supply Chain, I'm Bob Troublecock. Talking Supply Chain is produced by Supply Chain Management Review and Peerless Media. You can find it on scmr.com, on iTunes, or under SC247, or just Google SC247 Podcasts. For more information, be sure to visit scmr.com. We hope you'll join us again.